Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts and stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's seeing driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present. And now, here is your host, DJ Bob. I swear to you, our next guest probably lives in the room next door because he's always here. Noel McNeil, puppeteer of Bear on Bear and the Big Blue House and various other projects over the years, has a new memoir out. Hey, this was really fun. Available on Amazon right now. And we talk with them all about it. But, of course, it goes off the rails with it, too. I always love chatting with my friend Noel. Join us, won't you? I'm so happy to have you back on the show to to chat again. This is great. Yeah, it's our first time in 2023. And technically our first time published since 2020. Yes. Yes. The last time you were here, you interviewed me. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we'll give it take a pandemic and a lockdown. Yeah. But you've got something very special to promote. Why don't you fill everybody in about who this disembodied voice is and what you're up to? <laughs> it's like, I'm Noah McNeil, and I've done many things. I've been a uh, puppeteer and a scriptwriter and a director and a producer and uh, dabbled in composing also a dad and a husband and a friend and I'm also an author and I've written two other books one was called 10 minute puppets one was the other one was called box and now I have a new book coming out as of February 21st and it's what you do during a lockdown you sit down and you start writing all these stories that you've told on podcasts and a lot of them that you just haven't been able to tell on podcasts. And so I am publishing my memoir. Ta-da! This is such a big feat. This is so exciting. I... <laughs> because again, aside from this podcast, we share stories back and forth. So... How do you know what to keep and what to sort of, all right, this is too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's when it uh, starts to, like, well, that's why it's taken this long. I, I would just go back and sort of, like, do my own self-editing and, like, go through and try and see, okay, okay that's interesting. It's like, no, nah, we can leave that out. And it's just like, 
and some things that were just either too boring or too inside or just not the kind of thing that would like I sat there thinking if I was rereading this years from now I was like would I be entertained and so I kind of had that feeling and also the kind of thing thinking in the back of my mind for my son like someday you know when he sits down and reads this it's like I wanted to make it so that he could actually read it and be proud of me and go like oh I didn't know that it's like He's like repeated so many other stories, but I didn't know about this one. So, you know, being a parent, that's what we do. But yeah, I, I, I went through and just like took out certain things and tried to touch on as much as possible. So it was like, like my TV work, uh, work I've done for movies, um, other, other non Henson Muppet related work, as well as um, my personal life, because a lot of like that has contributed into who I am as a as a puppeteer and all the other things. So it goes into my um, my background of my mom and my family and how it's uh, shaped me and continues to shape me. And do you feel like? writing these stories down and laying them out was therapeutic for you in some instances? Yeah, it was because of the fact that um, as of as of this date, as we were talking, you know, I'm, I'm 61 years old and so I'm very cognizant of the fact that, you know, I'm not going to be here forever and so I wanted to... Uh, jot down a lot of the things that I've uh, experienced and learned along the way and that people might want to, uh, to hear about. Because uh, being a, uh, a husband and a dad, uh, especially as a parent, you're really cognizant of time. You're not always. There comes a point where it's just like you're just going through and you're going through and you're going through and you're experiencing and you're doing all this. And then suddenly, things that have always happened just don't. Like bedtime. I always remember the evening our son came in, and I guess he was like about maybe 11 or 12. And he uh, came in and uh, said goodnight. I said, oh, so what story should we read tonight? He was like, no, I'm good. Night. And kissed and hugged us and like went to his room and closed the door and my wife and I just looked at each other like, wait, what? That That's it? No no preamble, no setup, no warning, no easing into it. Like, nope, just rip the Band-Aid off. I'm like, nope, that's it. That's done. And like all these other little things that you've always done, they just, you know, they just start disappearing. And so with time, um, I'm just aware of like, of time and uh, all the things that I've done. I This past September of 2022 was my 40th anniversary associated with Sesame Street. 40 oh. years. Wow. Because I started in September of 1982. And suddenly doing the math, you realize 
holy Hannah, that's a long time. That's that's like two generations right there. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I'm just like wanting to put these down. And if people were interested in uh, hearing the fact that I've been on podcasts show that people wanted to talk to me and hear about like my stories and my life. So then I just started jotting it down. Well, I could still remember them too. Because again, getting older here. So let me just jot these down. <laughs> I, I still have a cognitive brain cell and can put all this down. Do you feel like, because as you were writing, because, you know, we're friends, so I've heard, you know, I you've told me, hey, I'm writing this book. Right. Was it ever in your mind, like, there couldn't have been a better time for me to release this because of, like, they're on Disney Plus and all the things you're doing. So it's really, if you were to do this any other time, I don't think you would have been, I mean, you've always would have had the story, but it wouldn't have been any more poignant, I don't think. Now the things that you're doing are tangible for everyone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like the bulk of like, not the bulk, but a good chunk of what I've done is now available for you to stream. You know, Bears, finally, on Disney+, Plus, uh, as well as The Book of Pooh, which I also worked on. And then over on Paramount+, Plus, you've got Ubi, you've got Blue's Room, um, and, and those are shows that I've also worked on. Eureka, so, too. And, oh, yeah, and Eureka's Castle. And they're on there too. So all these old nostalgias are now uh, available for people to not only relive, but now introduce to their own kids. Cause that's what's happening is they're showing their kids what they grew up with, which is a very like wonderful and proud moment to have in your life that these kids can now share it with their kids. And I've gotten emails and I've gotten like um, I'm on TikTok and so people have shared those videos of introducing their kids to Bear and uh, having the same reaction that they had when they were little. Also introducing their dogs to Bear because that's a trend now on TikTok too is like oh, dogs yeah. dogs watching the show and who, who are just fascinated. Yeah they love them they love them. Which is hysterical so but yeah, you you talked about before, like how therapeutic it was. So yeah, it was therapeutic getting some of this. There are a lot of um, things that I've uh, I've never shared that it was it felt really good just getting it off my my chest in a good way. It wasn't. It's not. It's not where I'm just like venting. It's not a tell like, all. No, it's not a tell all. It's just like it's a it, it's 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 more of like a like hey did you know this kind of all so it was just like hinting at stuff but yeah it was it was good and i'm very proud of it and i hope people enjoy it and at the end of it i said there's still a whole bunch of other stories i i uh didn't include as well as the fact that i am still here i'm not going anywhere right away so maybe this is more of a volume one that's coming out yeah, well, I'm so excited for that it's out in the world because the day 
the day that we're talking, a couple weeks out, but the day you're hearing this, it's out now. You can yes, grab it. It is. Yes. On Amazon. Go to Amazon. Get it. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> And a kid about to go into college. Please buy this book. <laughs> That's scary. Because I met him when he was seven. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah. So, he, he, he's come a long way. I'm very proud of him. And I hope he's uh, proud of me. Actually, he, he uh, came to see me because um, this past, um, from October through January, I was involved with the Off-Broadway Revival Little Shop of Horrors. I was their new um, vacation swing, which means that in case one of the two primary puppeteers are out for whatever reason, um, that I step in and do their role. And so uh, he came to one of the scheduled performances that I knew I was going to do. And he posted on Instagram, like, hold, you know, the standard thing when you go to a show, you holding the program he instagram it against it and uh he held the program and the little slip that goes in saying you know tonight puppeteering will be no like they only on instagram said like proud of you dad and you know it's that moment that you just you know burst with love and wipe a tear it's like he's proud of me because i'm always proud of him but the fact that he took that moment to publicly acknowledge that he was proud of me. It's like, yeah. I still tell him, like, you know, if you ever, you know, when you win the Tony Award, make sure you mention your mother first. That's all. It's just, it's like one of those things. It's like, you got to mention mom. <laughs> there was an oh. actor, I forget which one, who forgot to mention his wife or his mother. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like, oh, you are so toast, buddy. <laughs> You know, because you're so in the moment and you're not really thinking. And then again, at the end, you're like, yeah, oh, you got to remember, you got to remember why you got to that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and who helped you get there? So, yes, you got to, you got to say that. So, yes, I, I was uh, very, very proud of, of that. So, and I had to, that was the other thing that, uh, things were like, um, happening. For instance, when I mentioned doing Little Shop, I realized, oh, well, that's actually a little chapter I'd like to throw in. So then that's when I sat down and wrote a quick little chapter about my experience with that and put it in the book. So that's why. It's, because it's your first time doing theater. Like you've never really. Yeah, legitimate theater. I mean, I've done, I've done shows for creating shows for the Bronx Zoo here in New York. And I have my musical that I've written that's shown in Miami. Um, Mouse King, the untold story of the Nutcracker, which is, the story of the Nutcracker from the mice point of view, and if it's co, the music is co-written by uh, Jim Camacho, so I have that. But this was actual, legit, like you know, theater, like off Broadway, a real live like production, and it was it was um, um it it's it's amazing, um like because I've always. I've come from the world of monitor, you know, puppetry, TV puppetry and doing it for commercials and movies. This was, you know, theater. And so having to, and I had to really tap into what I've always known, like when you're doing a body puppet, of really just getting a sense of what, not only what it looks like, but how it would see and how it would move outside of, 
being inside that makes any sense and so getting a real sense of like what this looks like and we did like for my rehearsals they did um like uh record so i could get a sense of like oh that's what you mean okay that's it um but you, but then of course you immediately have to like delete it because it's like one of those like theater rules like nope no no it's like it's not it's not a standard thing just like you just get to look at it and then it's just gone um but then the other thing was that made it so wonderful despite the fact that it's little shop of horrors and i I know Marty Robinson, who like created the original plants and saw him in the original production. In fact, Little Shop this past fall also celebrated its 40th anniversary. And so the other thing that made it really great were the people. The people there at the West Side Theater, the cast, the crew, the staff, they are the nicest people I think I've ever worked with in terms of Nobody is showing off an ego. There is no diva. There is no egos. There's no competition. It's like everybody's there to do their job and to have fun. And they were so welcoming and so inclusive of me being there. It was amazing. And I've always seen the Tony Awards and always hearing about the Broadway community and the theatrical community and the tight-knit community that this is. Well, it's true, people. I am here to testify. It's absolutely true. It's not just a little, like, you know, phrase that gets thrown out. It's absolutely true. There is a community. And people who just work with each other and get to um, collaborate with each other over and over again. I mean, right now on, um, I mean, when I started, um, there was um, the Seymour when I started was a uh, Rob McClure and Rob McClure is this incredibly talented actor who's done theater. He was in something rotten. He was in, um, um, honeymoon in Vegas. He was in Beetlejuice. He was recently nominated for a Tony award for the lead in creating the character, Mrs. Doubtfire. And here he was, you know, Seymour off Broadway. And the thing is, this man with his body of work, when he met me and found out who I was, he started gushing and fanboying over me because yeah. he grew up watching Eureka's Castle. <laughs> and so he couldn't believe it. Throwing it out there, dream guest <laughs> on my and list. So, and so, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's great. He is wonderful it's like just go to youtube and like type in rob mcclure and he's done like so much stuff and again like the nicest guy and then when i was rehearsing um it was also during the period where rob was leaving and so the next seymour was going to come in and the next seymour is matt doyle and again it's like matt doyle just came off of the revival of company he won the tony award for featured actor in a musical, go to YouTube and watch it because Company did this whole gender swap. And so there's this very famous song from Company called um, I'm Not Getting Married Today, which this woman normally sings as she's like panicking over the fact that she's about to get married. Well, in this production, it got swapped so that Matt 
is singing about getting married to his his partner and Paul and it's the same intensity all that but it's incredible what he does with the song and here's this guy now and he's he's Seymour a little shop and there's no and, and there's no again there's no ego at all it's amazing all these people are just wonderful wonderful people and I've I've just like loved like being there around them and especially when I got to like actually you know um play like actual performances because you know you rehearse and you rehearse but then when you're actually doing a performance and you actually you know uh hear in my case is like hearing the the audience you really can't see from what I'm doing being inside various stages of a carnivorous plant but hearing the audience and feeling that energy is amazing so I'd, I'd do it again so and i feel like every once in a while you have those moments those reminders that make you realize like i really love doing this oh yeah that's why the title of my book is hey this was really fun which is a little tip of the hat to bear in the big blue house and the first line of the goodbye song which wraps up the show and he he sings hey this was really fun and so i figured that'd be a good title for a book and so i've i've been having a great uh career uh great life uh and so i just wanted to you know share it brag about it point out different facets that i've loved people i've i've loved and a few that I've, I've lost and um, hope you all like enjoy it. And I give like, you know, unsolicited advice about like certain work situations so that pretty much just say like, you'll get through it. It's fine. <laughs> like no job is perfect. <laughs> can you kind of give us a little tease of a, a fun story that can the book that you could kind of share with us a little bit? Uh, let's see. There's so many. Um, well, um, there was, okay. So getting back to Little Shop, um, one of the things, again, I'm from the world of like non-theater. And so this was my first time being around like, like legitimate, actual theatrical people. And so during one rehearsal, the production manager was mentioning during the break that he was listening to this podcast, this theatrical podcast. And they had an actor on, and the host asked the actor to wrap it up. Very similar to how uh, James Lipton would go through the list at the end of Inside the Actor's Studio, like, what's your favorite curse word? Yeah, that's what you, you, that's what you right. did with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this host asked the actor, what are your three threats? And everybody started, like, laughing and started, like, thinking. And, it was, and, and meanwhile, I'm looking around going, like, like why is this funny? It's like what? What are your three threats? And like, and then it turns out it's based on being a phrase, a triple threat. You're talented. You have three talents. Like you can sing, you can dance, oh. and you can do one more thing. So those are your three threats. Meaning that you know, an actor or actress can only do maybe one or two things. But you've got three. Like ooh, they've got it all. They're like triple threat. And I said, oh, okay. And I said to them, see. Being non-theatrical, when I hear 
what are your three threats, Noel? I immediately think, one, being shoved onto subway tracks, two, another pandemic, and three, Republicans. So those are my three threats. But see, this is different for you guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, everybody has their own lingo. Like, their own oh, yeah. little... But... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think... I. The world intersect so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the world of... Yeah, I mean, this is, the you know, in my incredibly, like, you know, limited wheelhouse of uh, skill, I, I, I puppeteer. And so this is an actual show, an actual legitimate off-Broadway show that uses puppets. And I get got to be a part of it. And so, yeah, so, like, crossing over, like, and how puppets have been used for, you know, TV shows and also commercials and also movies. And then one of those rare instances where it's actually used in uh, in, in a theatrical thing. Oh, here's something, by the way. We, with Little Shop, with the plants, there's four stages of the plants. There's like the little pod that Seymour first brings out. Then there's the second stage where he's carrying it himself for the song, um, um, Never know. Then there's the third one that sings the song, Get It. It's not Feed Me, it's called Get It. And then there's Act Two, there's the ginormous one that just starts like eating people. And so normally on a for a theatrical show, um a prop person would do it through the union IATSE. For instance, Wicked with the um the um, the throne room, the giant head of the whiz. It's a puppet, but a prop person doesn't. And the actor who does the, the, who actually is the whiz, he's standing on the side doing the voice, but a prop person doesn't. With John Tataglia in the Broadway musical Shrek, there was like the magic mirror that came down. And at first John was doing it because it was like an rc kind of a thing yeah he, he was in another room like right yeah doing it and but then i actually got wind of it it's like oh no 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 it's flying in that's piece of scenery that's a prop it's like one of our guys does and he got taken away and they fought for it and they lost now we can do little shop and here's here's the the difference with the mirror and with the wizard's head, they are puppets, but because they are controlled from the outside, then a prop person, an IATSE union person does it. But because the plants, we actually have to get in or it's on us, like we're wearing it, it's considered in the category of a costume, which requires an actor. Uh, and so yeah. that's why we can do it. <laughs> instead of a prop person. And that was the, and that's how, um, one of the reasons why uh, Bob Flanagan, who did the whiz head for Broadway, was brought in to do the whiz head for the NBC production, The Whiz Live. Yeah. And he said, you really need puppeteers. You need puppeteers to do it. And of course, when Paul McGinnis and I did it, we had to actually get inside and under it, physically inside to do it. And that's how we were able to do it because we were in it and not just like outside controlling it. So all these little 
little nuances that you you figure out. <laughs> so when the book is released now, <laughs> yes, now when the book is released right now, <laughs> can people get a signed copy? How are we making that work? Um, well, I did have a, a campaign, yeah, to, uh, to to raise money for that, and so people who contributed will get a, a signed copy for me. Um, on the plus side, I am starting this year getting back into doing Comic-Con appearances. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, yes. So, right now I've got a Comic-Con coming out. I'm doing an appearance in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina this summer. And then, potentially, we're still waiting to hear back, but I might be doing the Rhode Island Comic-Con again this fall. And, fingers crossed, my lips to God's ear. There's a chance I might be doing a Comic Con in at some point this year in the UK, mm-hmm. either in either in England or in Ireland or both. So, that's, hopefully, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's how people can uh, can get that because I'll be plugging it. <laughs> I'll be pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and and at, and at some point, an audio book's going to come out. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'll be doing an audio book because that was the other thing. There was like enough money raised up to do a, an audio book. So I will be looking into that. Well, you're so used to reading stories on a, on a podcast form. So... Oh, yeah. Yeah, my little podcast, Noel's Book Nook reading. And again, that came from the fact that, you know, suddenly reading at bedtime was just gone. And I kind of missed that. So that's why. I started doing it again. And it's one of the things, again, one of the things you start doing during a lockdown. You start just, you got all this time. What what can I do? You know what? I've always wanted to do, like, how hard would it be to do a podcast? Well, it's like, I depend on, like, how easy or hard you want to I remember this because you <laughs> called me. Yeah. Like, You're like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, what do I do? How do you I'm do like, this? I'm like, well, you do this, this, and this. And then you like, had... Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Made this little like makeshift, makeshift little like like tent sound booth, and uh, just like sat in there and just uh, started just like reading like little stories, poems, chapters, and uh, it's still out there. So people can listen to it, and people like are are asking like, are there going to be any more new episodes? I said maybe. I was like, I'm thinking about it. Maybe going back and doing a adding a few more. So. We'll see. Edited by the wonderful Nate Beagle, who... Yes. Wherever you are, I have not heard from you. I miss you very much. <laughs> he's been he's been very busy. So, uh, but yeah, the audiobook will be coming out at some point. So, stay tuned. <laughs> but yes, but the book is out. But the book is out now. <laughs> out now. Yes. Out now. <laughs> One more time. Out now. Um, out now, kids. <laughs> so go there. <laughs> so I don't know if you if you know this, but when we had our conversation where you interviewed me, you created a question that I've always asked on this show. Six. Really. Where you said I've interviewed you this this hour, but do you have any questions for me? Because I've I've realized when I ask that question, they stop and think like, "Oh, 
I've never been asked that before. Because <laughs> interviews are so, like, quick and ready to go that it stops them in their tracks. So, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're talking about um, books and uh, you were really happy, like, the audio book was coming out is um is that it i mean which would be like um better or easier like a physical book or the audio book an audio book because audio book it, it's difficult for me to turn pages right. i mean i can do it but right. if we can kind of and i like right. hearing it like the inflection yeah. and all that. That was one of the reasons why I was actually thinking of doing an audiobook was because of the fact that a lot of people I know, uh, like you and a lot of people have contacted me, um, do have like a limitation in not being able to actually enjoy like the physical book, but having the audiobook is better. And also there some with this kind of thing, because it is my life, because it's a biography, uh, I think it works better being uh, an audiobook. I mean, you can have, there are other audiobooks, but having the person who actually wrote the book, whose life it's about, actually. Oh, it's one you, of my favorite things. It's actually hearing their voice, like, like Trevor Noah, his book, Born a Crime. It's like, get the audiobook because there are, first of all, he has a great voice. He's a great storyteller because. He gets gets that from having done stand up, but also there are certain phrases and dialects and words that are South African, and there's no way you can actually try and like do it justice in your own head. Like let the man tell you his story, and it's it's great, it's wonderful, it's really good. Another great audiobook I'd recommend is um the the Billy Porter one. Oh yeah, yes heartbreaking like it's uh, beautiful like it, he sings in it like it's so good yeah the, the the new one i'm starting to listen to and uh and susan is also listening to it is uh uh prince harry's uh spare and just hearing him like talk about it so i'm enjoying that so far and another one that i it's on my list i haven't gotten to it yet is um Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. And having him do it. So after having the person whose life is about telling, because then suddenly it makes it more, it makes it more, it makes it more like a conversation. Like they're actually sitting with you and you're, they're just telling you the story of their life, which is great as opposed to somebody doing it for them. So, <laughs> so you are always welcome here. You know that. Thank you okay. so much. So much. <laughs> thank you so much for making time. For us, I mean, we're approaching our thirteenth year of the podcast, and the the podcast really the way it is now started because of our first conversation. So essentially, it's all your fault. There you no. go. <laughs> blame me. Blame the puppeteer. It always happens. <laughs> but Darn where, dolly wigglers, they just uh, ne'er do wells. <laughs> where can people find you and connect with you and 
The book is on Amazon, as we've stated. Yeah, it's on Amazon, and uh, it's going to be promoted through them. Um, I'll be sharing the, the link also on my social. I'm on uh, Twitter, which I just use now for business. Um, I'm on TikTok, the TikTok. So if you want to check out like videos of uh, me and a certain puppet of a puppet that owned a big blue house. Uh, I'm on Cameo, if you actually like to have, and, and also Memo, which you actually have me and my puppet of bear do a greeting uh, for you or a loved one, or both. We do like birthdays, anniversaries, um, any special occasion. Um, and I'm also on Instagram at, uh, at nmacneil, and I'm on there as well. And then, like I said before, there's my little podcast, Noel's Book Nook, where I just like read stories. <laughs> I might be doing that again. And also, Bear, and oh, there's yeah, on Bear. Disney Plus. Bears, yes. Keep watching. Keep Go watch that it. trend. Go watch it now. <laughs> help that trend. Keep it watching. Yes. I'm, yeah, Bear, and like all the other shows on uh, Paramount Plus, like Eureka and Ubi and Blues Room, but Bear on Disney Plus. Watch it. Because again, Disney watches to see what does well on Disney reboot, Plus. reboot, 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 <laughs> as well as hey, maybe they like to have this experience in the park, and so maybe Bear could do meet and greets again in the park. Who knows? So just keep watching. It's up to you. And I've done a little video on TikTok thanking people for that too, as well. So it really, wouldn't be a success without the people who watched it and still love it. So still always grateful and humbled by that. So thank you all out there. And thank you so much. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present.